fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to you. We're glad that you could join us on the Ashlers podcast, a space for the world's oldest fraternity to shine some light through Masonic paper readings, discussions, interviews, and more. Freemasonry is so old that our lifetime wouldn't be enough to capture its grandeur in the entirety. However, all things great should begin somewhere, and so we are thrilled to start off with season one, which will focus on Freemasonry and its roots in India, one state at a time. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely of the participants and do not represent any official positions including those of any grand lodge or constitutions thereof best efforts have been made to keep the conversation on the level for brethren and non masons alike Hello and welcome folks to another episode of The Ashlers. This is season 2 and I am Shishir and I am Ranesh. So folks, those of you who have been uh, following our podcast, thank you so much. It really speaks volumes of the kind of content we're putting out there so, you know, we look forward to your continued support. Those of you listening to us for the first time or maybe you have been following us for a few episodes i would highly recommend to check out some of our episodes from season 1 why i'm bringing that up is because in today's episode we will be talking about a very important milestone in india's freemasonic journey today or rather this year in fact marks 60 years of the formation of the grand lodge of india in short form the gli now grand lodge of india was formalized on 24th november 1961 60 years on we are still going strong this episode is dedicated towards a very special paper is written by right worshipful brother jiveshwar nath chaudhary the paper is titled the history of the grand lodge of india Now in this particular episode we will discuss the very important salient points that brother Jian Chaudhary has brought up and with that I would now call upon my co-host and very good friend Ranesh to kick off this episode Ranesh over to you Thank you very much Shishir uh, as uh, our listeners have already heard Shishir mentioning today is really interesting This year is the Diamond Jubilee celebration of the Grand Lodge of India. I am super excited because I have joined Freemasonry, or rather, I joined Freemasonry just eight years back, and it has been an interesting journey. I really enjoyed it, and I remember the time when everybody used to talk about the gala time, which they had once upon a time. This used to happen once upon a time. That used to happen. I tried to pictureize those images. and that's when i suddenly remembered what would be the mindset what was going on in the minds of brethren at that time when this idea came into focus the grand lodge of india so just to give a brief overview of what exactly the history is all about 
especially uh, considering our entire season 1 was talking actually about those things we did speak about the history of uh, freemasonry in india how did it actually come to the country how did it spread from one state or rather from one region to the other we did the entire season is technically about that it was in 1717 when the grand lodge of england had actually taken shape uh, you can uh, the premier grand lodge of england is what was called earlier and within 12 years and mind you brethren this is not simple within just 12 years there was a petition sent by some brethren from india that they wanted to constitute a provincial grand lodge in calcutta itself that is where obviously free, that is where freemasonry actually landed up and that petition was granted and uh, by 1728 masonic activities in india and the far east actually started now that that's really amazing and uh, shishir and i have been talking about why did freemasonry even land up in india well brotherhood that's the simple answer you had folks from england ireland scotland who actually were living in india working in india they wanted that sense of belongingness and to make sure that that happens considering that they are staying away so far they are staying so far away from their country from their homeland they wanted to bring that peace here that fraternity which used to take care of them there they expected or rather they wanted that same fraternity to take care of them here as well and when i say take care of them that actually means all about knowing yes i have a fellow brother who will take care of me in time of need not in time of when whenever i want to take some uh, help without like selfish help no, no not of that it's actually a decent way of asking a help and the interesting bit was india was not only home for english scottish or irish folks it was for dutch french danish and uh, even certain portuguese people so freemasonry in india was spread thanks to the dutch the french scottish irish danish and english all of them had their lodges here they were all governed by their respective constitution so grand lodge of england similarly grand lodge of scotland grand lodge of ireland and so and so on but by the time india got its independence in 1947 the dutch the danish and the french their influence actually had started reducing french at least still were there but their still influence of freemasonry in india started reducing so by 1947 freemasonry in india only belonged to three constitutions which was english irish and scottish thanks rinesh for that and um, you know just to pinpoint something for the listeners i would recommend checking out episode 3 if i remember correctly where we talk about uh, you know masonry as it began in from calcutta um, in fact season 1 of our podcast is dedicated completely to chronicling the spread of freemasonry all across india in fact the last few episodes of that season also talks about masonry in the land surrounding india the countries around india which includes your nepal sri lanka and all that so you know check that out we have actually delved a little more into the common human spirit uh, which seeks adventure but at the same time also brings out its social nature to belong to familiarize and what not and i think that's one of the driving uh, you know reasons i believe that led to a, a, a provincial lodge being set up in india which was you know 
just 12 years after the grand lords of england was set up now switching gears rinish uh, let me you know uh, delve a little more or let me put this question over to you uh, what do you think you know after reading this paper uh, was the idea behind a grand lords of india a lodge in india by indians for indians so what did you gather from this paper so it's 1947 when we got independence by 1950 india actually became republic that means we started governing ourselves with our own constitution uh, coincidentally 26 november is the constitution day in india which is very apt but is uh, so you can imagine how interesting this day it actually this entire month is actually or rather this actually week i would say so i would say that feeling of governing ourselves was actually started to develop somewhere around the same time so from 1947 to 57 i would say you should we are trying to not think it from today's lens right because today we have social media we are able to discuss this quite fast we are able to discuss this openly at that time obviously it was a bit difficult because people had to get that kind of a news that kind of a feeling had to come so it took some time and coincidentally right the there is no specific start date when that idea of the formation of grand lodge of india ever occurred it was just in bits and pieces so much so that the paper actually mentions this it is not possible to say with any accuracy when or to whom the idea of the formation of a grand lodge of india ever first occurred in the early 1950s in an indian masonic journal some correspondence and an editorial piece was written on the formation of grand lodge of india maybe that was the spark which was required as expected a wide variety of views were expressed in that correspondence and but no actions were actually taken it was 9 years after independence it was in 1956 that the first real consideration was given to the establishment of a sovereign grand lodge of india and it happened in dublin there was a joint conference of all the grand lodges so the grand lodges of england ireland and scotland normally meet around in the month of october uh, to discuss about certain things which with respect to the business with respect to certain administrative purposes and that is when this idea was actually given a thought of they said that the brethren in india are actually thinking about this and i feel we should start looking into it as far as scotland is concerned a poll which was taken in the spring of 1957 showed that a considerable number of lodges were in favor of a grand lodge of india and this was that scotland had already thought about it two years later In 1951, the immediate past Grand Master of Scotland, uh, Lord Macdonald of uh, Macdonald, accompanied by the Grand Secretary, paid an official visit to India and took the opportunity of discussing this with a number of brethren. The question of a formation of a Grand Lodge of India. The Lord Macdonald's view was uh, much impressed. Like they obviously liked it. That this will be very interesting. And he said that he is going to put forth this idea to the Grand Masters of England and Ireland and find out what exactly are their thought on this because he was obviously excited about this fact. And in 1959, which was obviously uh, three years later, at the conference held in London, the Grand Masters of the three British Grand Lodges, oh sorry, the three uh, Grand Lodges, right, expressed their unanimous opinion. that an independent grand lodge of india was desirable and its establishment should be gradually but actively pursued that is i think just around the next year by january 1960 the district grand lodges uh, so united grand lodge of england at that time obviously had different districts at different countries so the district grand lodges in india which was the district grand lodge of bengal district grand lodge of madras district grand lodge of bombay and district grand lodge of northern india 
were actually asked that let's start working on this so much so that they then nominated members for a steering committee now this steering committee's job was to ensure that all these small things are actually in place and to know more about this let's head over to shishir thanks ranesh now this steering committee had a lot on their plate now just imagine you're not talking about some small matter of you know some function to be organized or planned or something you're talking about bringing an entire nation under one grand lodge and that's a lot to be honest it's it's akin to planning the elections in one way or the other now there were a lot of things that the steering committee had to be responsible of but i think the one thing that really stood out to me about you know what the steering committee recommended was to empower the brethren of india and exemplify what servant leadership is all about they said that we will give the choice to join the grand lodge of india to all the lodges to all the brethren in the lodges so it was not a dictatorial kind of a thing where they said hey guys we are making the grand lodge of india so all of you just you know start coming under this umbrella no they gave the choice to all the brethren and said you have a choice if you choose please come in and sign up now they made sure that every single lodge in india was notified with what is happening every single brother of every single lodge was notified what is happening they understood why they are doing this and what it means now they also said that those lodges who decide to come under the umbrella of the grand lodge of india they you know their roll numbers basically every lodge has a certain number now for example uh, renesh's lodge which is lodge united services uh, that has a particular a, number it's 58 58 right which yeah. means that renesh's lodge was the number 58th lodge that signed up with the grand lodge of india but how did they decide why should renesh's lodge get number 58 although they were already registered under uh, the grand lodge of england now the order in which they were already signed up with grand lords of england in the same seniority order they would be given a roll number under grand lords of india so that way at least no one gets misplaced in their particular roll call as well so that's just one tidbit of the history of how they went about this uh, i've tried to oversimplify to a very large extent but obviously <laughs> a lot of things that happened but i think the key point here is to empower the people uh to give them the choice to help them understand what's happening and then make a decision for themselves now there is one important little thing from the paper that i would like to read as it is it says the memorandum stated in conclusion that the grand masters expressed the firm hope that minorities in lodges where the voting was not unanimous would abide by decision of the majority and unite with it furthering the activities of the lodge under whichever grand lodge old or new it thereby decided to place itself now very simply there was a voting which was done among all the lodges to decide whether they want to continue as they are right now you know 
or they want to side with grand lords of india so a secret ballot was done voting was done it was purely democratic in this paragraph which i just read it basically says that some lodges that may not have been able to decide the hope that was expressed is that they might side with the majority and fall under grand lords of india now what's important here the importance of democracy the importance of giving power to the people to choose the power of voting it's the driving force behind not just democracy but also charting one's own future by exercising one's own choice renish you want to add something to that no you actually added uh, perfectly well the idea was that as a unit what have you decided if you're not able to make up your mind follow the majority but that doesn't mean follow them blindly it's not about saying okay fine i don't think this is actually working out i might as well walk out or i might as well just close my eyes and follow them no you will still fight for what is right you will still question you will still argue about certain points these are all the things which makes that entire discussion mature and understand that's where we get knowledge that's the overall idea so when uh, the the paragraph which uh, shishir read right i also was able to take the same thing which he said that even though you might not like the idea go with the majority but work with the majority that is the most important unite with it furthering the activities of the lodge under whichever grand lodge old or new it thereby decided to place itself what would happen see at the end of the day it's the lodge it's you and me shishir and me who have to ensure that my lodge works that's it now whether the head is under the grand lodge of india whether it is united grand lodge of england grand lodge of scotland or grand lodge of ireland does it change the fact that my work stops no my work still continues and that is the most important point which i felt the steering committee emphasized on whatever it is work together so that you actually bring peace and knowledge into this entire group very well put and my salutations to the wonderful brethren of such a noble community yeah all right so rinish uh, i think there are a few more points that you wanted to raise so you want yes. to get into that sure so we had around 277 lodges at that time uh, and out of that almost around 50% of them opted to join the new grand lodge of india the other 50% said that they will continue being part of the respective uh, grand lodges england scotland and ireland so that's why around 145 lodges said that they are joining the grand lodge of india now this is where it becomes interesting the consecration meeting took place in delhi uh, where the big wigs of freemasonry i would say from across the world including obviously the most important england scotland and ireland came and they worked on bringing all of these together there were a lot of moving parts by the way so you had to ensure all of these things are in place you had your book of constitutions you had all the administrative bits you had the i i some people say the boring business aspect of it all those things were kept in proper order to ensure that all these things are done so the three deputation basically the grand lodge of uh, sorry the united grand lodge of england grand lodge of scotland and grand lodge of ireland had deputed certain folks who will obviously come and consecrate the new grand lodge of india uh and just to quote the deputy grand master of ireland said in the name of the grand lodges of england ireland and scotland and by command of their grand masters i constitute and form you my good brethren into the sovereign grand lodge of india and you are empowered henceforth to exercise all the rights and privileges of a grand lodge according to the ancient usages and landmarks of the craft 
may may god prosper direct and counsel you in all your proceedings and that, that that's what he wanted to come uh, talk about now now comes the interesting bit about who was our first grandmaster so after the consecration and constitution right the deputy grandmaster of england assumed the throne uh, the seat i would say not the throne it's a seat and uh, installed major general doctor sir sayed raza ali khan who was the uh, nawab of rampur his highness the nawab of rampur as the first grandmaster of this grand lodge of india and then uh, obviously uh, Major uh, General Dr. Sir Syed Raza Ali Khan, most worshipful brother, appointed his uh, officers, deputy grandmasters, assistant, and the rest of the grand officers, and all that. Part. However, this being India, a country which has so many things in it, it is a I would say a potpourri of a lot of customs, a lot of religion, a lot of culture, and the next piece which Shishir is going to tell you about. just makes you feel super happy about why you are part of this beautiful country shishir now adding to what ranesh just mentioned this one very important uh, point which i feel is a lot more relevant today uh, than it than it has ever been let me read that paragraph among the officers of the new grand lodge of india it is of interest to observe that following the custom of the grand lodge of scotland there is an office or bearer of the volume of the sacred law there were in fact five brethren installed into this office each brother bearing a separate volume of the sacred law the gita the quran the granth the zendavesta and the bible now why is it important to call this out well from my standpoint one is you don't have one single grand lodge of england or ireland or scotland running the show you have three different constitutions three different grand lodges coming together to concert to consecrate the grand lodge of india which itself is a big thing like three powers coming together to bring forth a fourth power right they all agree and they are making this happen working together keeping aside their differences now second thing being india a country so vast geographically so rich culturally traditionally it's all the more sensible to be inclusive rather than be exclusive try as much as we might we are all humans at the end of the day but humans with different ideologies and yet we all live under one umbrella called india where we chart our future we dream big we fail we rise from the ashes we succeed every single indian regardless of what their belief is what their faith is goes through the same cycle of life in one way or the other now they were thoughtful enough you know the formative days uh, these grand lodges were thoughtful enough to include and ensure that at least all the major you know faiths are represented now the volumes of sacred law are nothing but the holy books of the religions now they included them so that every person is represented and the blessings from the higher ups <laughs> the gods from everyone flows to this noble day where the grand lords of india was consecrated and the brethren put tie up under that 
I think that's very poignant and it's a very important point to actually note. Renish, what are your thoughts? Perfect. As I said, India is a popery of a lot of things and that is exactly what we showcased when we bought this office, Bairal of the Volume of Sacred Law, and we kept those five books. Uh, by the way, listeners, those who would not know what Freemasonry is all about or what actually happens there, please do listen to our previous episodes of season one as well as certain episodes of season two, which will give you that idea. However, in a gist, we have these five books always in our Masonic Lodge. These five books will always be available for any lodge governing under the Grand Lodge of India. And these five books showcases that we have brethren from these uh, following these five religions. So, so the Bhagavad Gita for the Hindus, the Holy Quran for the Muslims, the Granth for the Sikh, the Zendavistas for the Parsis and the Bible for the Christians to ensure that there is inclusivity of everybody in this. Well, moving on. Now, so many things happened. We, as I said, there were 277 lodges in India out of that 145. Uh, by the way, just to make sure that this is uh, correct, the 277 individual lodges were part of the Indi Indian, the current India which we know of. Even though some of these lodges used to be in our neighboring countries and which used to be part of the districts which were being governed from India, including like Pakistan, Sri Lanka or Ceylon at that time, and even Aden in Yemen. They were all part, used to be part of the district grand lodges in our country. But we obviously did not uh, work on that. We only worked on the 277 lodges in this country. So out of the 277, as I mentioned, 145 opted to be part of the new grand lodge of India. Uh, little more than 50%, 52%, I'd say. So these 145 lodges were termed as foundation lodges. So now Shishir's lodge, Lodge Star of the South, and my lodge, Lodge United Services, are foundation lodges. And we have a special jewel or a special medal, which I would say medallion kind of a stuff, which is given to us, which were given to us by the most worshipful, the first Grand Master. That is the Foundation Lord Jewel. So every year when the officers change and a new person sits on the chair in the East as the master of the lodge, he receives this jewel. He wears a jewel in every meeting to emphasize that his lodge has, is a Foundation Lodge. And that entire portion i will obviously i'll explain that a little while from now where what exactly does the foundation lodge will consist of but before that now the formation of grand lodge of india was formed then comes how to govern this entire country it's not easy like the way obviously our current government right it's central government but it also relies on the state government to work and on their respective states Similarly, the Grand Lodge of India decided to have regional Grand Lodges. And those who already have Freemasonry in their respective country, especially in uh, certain parts of Europe or in England, I would say, it's like your provinces. But yes, uh, certain brethren who are listening to us from US, you might have just one Grand Lodge, which obviously takes care of all the lodges. But we wanted to just bifurcate that. So we have a Grand Lodge of India, which is like exactly like your federal government or in our case, central government. And uh, then you have the state governments, so which is where the regional comes into place. So after this formation of Grand Lodge, the regional Grand Lodges were formed. So on the 27th of November, the regional Grand Lodge of Northern India was formed. On 2nd of uh, December, the Regional Grand Lodge of Eastern India was formed. 6th of December, the Regional Grand Lodge of Western India was formed. And 9th of December, Regional Grand Lodge of Southern India was formed. And these four lodges manage their respective region. 
So Southern India obviously consists of uh, Karnataka, Andhra, and now Telangana, Kerala, Tamil Nadu, as well as uh, Goa. So these are all the points. This is that similarly each region was managing that. Now coming back to that whole foundation lodge jewel, and we are going to put the photo of that foundation lodge jewel in our uh, show notes as well as part of the thumb, uh, thumbnail itself of this episode. So if you notice, it has an elephant on the top. Now that elephant represents India, the grand India. It's standing. It's standing on a shield. That shield has four quadrants and a base of a quadrant. Now those four quadrants are left and right and top and bottom kind of stuff. So top left has Kutub Minar representing the northern India. The top right has the Royal Bengal Tiger representing Eastern India. The bottom left has the Gateway of India representing Western India. And the bottom right has the Gopuram or rather the entrance of a temple which represents the Southern India. And finally at the base you have the square and compasses with a banner at the bottom which mentions brotherly love, relief and truth. Now this entire image which you are trying to picture as obviously you will be able to see it in the thumbnail itself showcases what this Grand Lodge of India, what that idea was. This Grand Lodge of India came up with the idea of ensure bringing all these four regions together, working in harmony with these four regions to ensure that Freemasonry is, is I would say the Freemasonry actually brings an interesting bit of things in your life. Just as, I, as we always say, right? It makes good men better. It just wants to do that. But in unison with all these regions. Very nicely put, Dinesh. So, folks, that brings us to the end of today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed what we had to present today. And uh, we would like to thank Brother J.N. Chaudhary once again for allowing us to share his wonderful paper with all of you. Um, an open invitation I'd like to give out to any brother in India who has written a paper and would like uh, us to present uh, to the world. Uh, please do keep in mind that whatever we discuss on this podcast is for universal consumption. So, uh, Masons and non-Masons alike uh, are invited to listen to our uh, episodes. So, anything you would like to share as wisdom, as knowledge with the world, feel free to share your paper with us. We would like to get in touch with you, talk more about it and bring your wisdom out to the world just like the central idea of our podcast is to shine the true light of masonry to the entire world a podcast by freemasons for the entire world now with that any of you who might be interested to read this paper by brother jian uh, chaudhary i would love to share uh, the pdf with you um, you can write to us at the Ashlers podcast at gmail.com. Let me spell it out. E H E A S H L A R S the Ashlers podcast P O D C A S T. There are no gaps, no spaces in between. Everything is in uh, small letters. So the Ashlers podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions about masonry, feel free to check out uh, our first 
two episodes of season one, and uh, you know we have done an FAQ of sorts in those two episodes, so that should sort of you know clarify quite a few things for you. Um, if you are interested in understanding the history of masonry within India, season one has got all the states covered in that. Um, if you are interested to know more about masonry. Feel free to check out our show notes. We have links to the Grand Lords of India's website. You can check out that. You can write to us. We would be happy to answer your questions. If there are any feedback, how we can improve, any particular topics you would like, you would like us to cover, feel free to do that. Uh, we would love to hear from you as well. So with that, uh, we would like to close this episode. This has been a wonderful time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that just about wraps it up folks. We sincerely hope that you liked our episode and got a glimpse into the fascinating world of Freemasonry and what better way than to hear about it from those who are the humble members of the gentle craft. If you have any queries about what we shared on this episode or generally on this podcast or even about Freemasonry, please check out the show notes for links to the Grand Lords of India's website or feel free to write us an email. Please do look forward to the next episode.